Hello, my name is Banning, and I get to serve as one of the pastors at the 8th Street Church in Oklahoma City. And I want to welcome you to this week in the way of Jesus here in the sixth week after the Epiphany. God wants to be known. Not only that, but God wants God's way and God's will to be realized through a people. God begins that work in God's partnership with the Israelites, and God does this in and through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. And now, by the power of the Spirit, God continues this work in and through the church. So while God is the initiator in all of this, and God seems more than willing to work within our current reality, the church still has to respond. How will God be known in and through us? How might God's character and God's purposes resound among us? It's these questions and others that have prompted me to invite us to an ancient practice, one that the people of God, that Jesus himself practiced daily. So this week, in the way of Jesus, I invite you to pray the Shema. Hear the word of the Lord from Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 through 20 from the Message Translation. Look at what I've done for you today. I've placed in front of you life and good, death and evil. And I command you today, love God, your God. Walk in his ways. Keep his commandments, regulations, and rules so that you will live, really live, live exuberantly, blessed by God, your God in the land you are about to enter and possess. But I warn you, if you have a change of heart, if you refuse to listen obediently and willfully go off to serve and worship other gods, you will most certainly die. You won't last long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. I place before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life so that you and your children will live and love God, your God, listening obediently to him, firmly embracing him. Yes, he is life itself, a long life settled on the soil that God, your God, promised to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. How can I respond to the love you have lavished on me? How can I respond to the
As I was preparing to preach from this text at the 8th Street Church, a familiar story came to mind. The story speaks of a father, a leader to this diverse community. It's this leader's responsibility to cultivate and protect their communal way of life. This leader will hold the entire community, including himself, to a level of accountability that allows for all life to flourish among them. Now, when this leader has a son, he begins to teach and raise this boy up in this way of life in the hope that one day he too will help their community flourish. But tragedy strikes in the story, and the father, the leader of this community, is killed. In a twist and turn of events, it's not the son who becomes the leader of this community, but another one who does not particularly care for the way of life that has been cultivated within this community. As a leader, this individual is far more interested in his own welfare, in satisfying his gluttonous desires, and hoarding power for his own self-interest than actually leading and caring for this community. And as a result, what was once a flourishing community full of life is now a land of desolation and despair. Death has been chosen. Can anyone guess what movie I'm talking about? What's well, The Lion King? When Mufasa leads the Pride Land, he helps uphold a way of life that contributes to and cultivates life for everyone in the Pride Land. They do this by honoring the circle of life. That's the way they see and engage with their world. But, spoiler alert, when Mufasa is killed and Scar becomes king, this way of life is no longer upheld. Scar only has Scar in mind. And very quickly, this land of life quickly turns to a valley of bones and death. So here in the text, Moses speaks to the Israelites. And he holds before them these two ways. A way of life that leads to life and a way of life that leads to death. And while it seems what the obvious choice should be, it's not always quite that simple. Every part of me wants to love you like you love me, Lord. Every part of me wants to love you like you Up to the book of Deuteronomy, the story of Israel goes something like this. They're slaves in the land of Egypt, oppressed in the politic that looks like a pyramid. God rescues them from slavery and they enter into the unknown, the wilderness. And it's in the wilderness that God digs in even deeper with these people and he re-ups his covenant with them. But these people are quick to turn their backs on this God, Yahweh. And this generation of Israel 
disqualifies themselves from entering into the land that God is leading them into. And so this group, this community, they wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And it's at this point that we find ourselves in the book of Deuteronomy. This next generation of the people of God are just on the other side of the Jordan River. They can see this new land in the distance and they are excited. But Moses, knowing what he knows about this generation's parents, has some things to say to them. Do not forget that it is Yahweh, your God, that has sustained us in the wilderness. It is Yahweh that rescued us from Egypt. It is Yahweh that is inviting you into this new land. So love Yahweh. Worship Yahweh alone. And if you're wondering if you're doing this well, your love and worship of Yahweh will be on full display in the ways that you care for the widow, the orphan, and the refugee. The law, the instructions that Moses is reminding this next generation of have this constant refrain, justice, compassion, generosity. Justice, compassion, generosity. These are the practices that maintain and sustain life. And life is the goal of creation. In this story, I think we see a God who is more than willing to work within the contexts and the social realities of a people. A God who seems determined to partner with these people in the hope that God's character and God's way, God's politic, would be known among all people. And I think we see a people who don't quite understand that. Who don't understand that God isn't just setting up arbitrary rules or a formulaic way of life, but a God who desires to be known in and through their way of being. So I can see why Moses is a bit worried. The constant danger for Israel was to allow something else to become the center of their affection and loyalty. So how quickly will this next generation, like their parents, forget and turn away once they're in the promised land? Because when they enter this new land, there are going to be alternative gods, gods that also promise them long life and blessings. Dr. Steve Green writes that the challenge of worshiping other gods is not that they may do something to the people, like harm or punish them, but they don't actually exist. The challenge is that they present a bundle of convictions and values and the very goal of existence itself. These gods will work tirelessly to convince us that they actually exist. And the convictions and values that these gods bring to the table are going to run antithetical to those of gods. The only way these gods become real is when they are worshipped. When the God of prosperity, the God of self-interest, the God of pyramid politics, the God of conquest becomes the center of their affection and loyalty, they breathe life into them and they make them real. And so the people of God took on a practice, a prayer that was aimed to daily, twice a day, recenter their loves, their loyalties, and their affections on Yahweh. And in this, they might choose life. It's this prayer we find in Deuteronomy 6 called the Shema. And it goes like this. Hear, O Israel, 
The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. So this week, in the way of Jesus, I invite you to pray this part of the Shema. And I invite you to practice it and pray it in this particular way. When you rise in the morning, pray the Shema. And before you go to sleep, pray the Shema. And if you're prompted any time in between, pray the Shema. And when you pray, explore these questions. How would I characterize the gods that are competing for my loyalties and affections? What opportunities might I be given today for God to be known in me or in the church? How might I choose life? A way of life that cultivates and stewards life. And I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to Friends, God wants to be known. And God wants to be known in and through you. So may you go knowing that this is a God who is committed to you. And may each moment of your life be an epiphany to the world of God's canonic and redemptive love. Go in grace and peace, friends.